You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, January 4th. It is my sister's sister's birthday, Tati. So um, I have to start the show to give her a birthday shout out. And as for the 49ers, they are prepping for a glorified preseason game, basically, in week 18. That's what it feels like. Uh, Joining me to discuss the biggest topics leading up to this game, as always on a Thursday, Rob Stats Guerrero. Let's hear it for Rob. How are you doing today, Rob? (laughs) Wow, that was a hell of an intro. I love it. Well, I've got my coffee, you know, and I got my mug, you know. Love it. Happy birthday. My birthday is actually a week from today. So all cool people are born in January. Uh, Debatable, but, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, happy early birthday, Rob. I'm sure uh, I'll get a chance to tell you closer to the day. Uh, I'm turning 87 years old. That's true. That is true. So let's, let's hope you make it there. We don't know who's going to be alive on Sunday, like Kyle Shanahan says. So, uh, but let's start our show as we always do on a Thursday, a little throwback Thursday, this, this week in 49ers history, this one might be a little like traumatic for people. I just got to give a warning. Okay. January 3rd, 2021, so many 49ers were on injured reserve that they got their own, very own suite at yeah. Levi Stadium to comfortably sit all of them. Uh, I like that they're, you know, practicing social distancing, too, because at the time this was like the COVID season. Uh, a lot of money, a lot of talent sitting up there. And needless to say, this season did not go well for the 49ers. That is disturbing. Are you sure that was 2021 or 2020? Because they got the math. So, so. It, so 20, 2020 was the season, but this was 2021. It was like towards the end of season. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's why like I keep going back to the Niners and how they have to win the Super Bowl this year because we just thought in 2020, like, hey, don't worry, you know, we'll be back. We got a lot of young players. Like, we'll be good. And then you don't, you can't just like run it back the next year. Look at the Eagles this year. Yes, they're in the playoffs, but they look like they're a disaster right now. They look like just in shambles. It just doesn't always go your way the next year. So when you have the opportunity, when you're in that moment, you have to seize that moment. And 2020 is the perfect example why. And that's exactly why I wanted to, you know, share this particular one, because there's a few others I could have chosen to catch two was was one of them right that would have been a happy moment but yes this is a a good and tough lesson and you don't know if you're going to be able to run it run anything back really and you know 49ers were thinking they'd get to the Super Bowl again uh avenge their loss not only did that not happen but it happened like this right so very very ugly and forgettable season uh for the 49ers but it just further outlines that when the opportunity is in front of you like it is for this 49ers team, you better play like it's the last chance you may ever get. Because for some players on that 2019 team, you know, might have been. Yeah, it's true. And uh, they, I think there's enough guys left from 2019 that they recognize it. You know, that yeah. I think there's like seven or eight starters from that Super Bowl team that are still playing for the Niners. And I think that there's enough of them. And I think they're all going to have the same message, which is basically like, hey, don't waste this. Don't take this for granted. So uh, hopefully we don't run into the same thing. Yeah. And um, this is an old tweet yeah. from Jem- Jennifer <laughs> Lee Chan uh, posting just some of the injuries as of like November 2020 of that season. You see all the players on this list. Some of the players like I didn't even remember were on that team like Tavon Austin. Do you remember Tavon Austin being on the 49ers? Because I sure as hell don't. And he probably was a player that was signed because of all the injuries. And then he ended up getting injured himself. Uh, There's just a number of different obscure names here that I don't (laughs) don't remember being on this team. But again, I I think I try to block this that season out of my memory. So yeah, but we have some, some injuries to talk about in current day 49ers land. And um, this is from Wednesday's uh, 
practice. Wednesday, usually a walkthrough day for the 49ers, so don't be too alarmed by some of these names, but I'll run through a few of them here for our audio listeners. Eric Armstead still dealing with that foot injury. Nick Bosa was out because of rest. It's good for him. Uh, Jair Brown still dealing with the knee injury. Ross Dwelly still dealing with the high ankle sprain. John Feliciano and Tashawn Gibson, those are new names on here. Feliciano dealing with a back injury and Tashawn Gibson dealing with a quad injury and Kyle Shanahan did say for Gibson he it's a seven to ten day timeline for him Christian McCaffrey uh dealing with the calf injury Elijah Mitchell is on here but it's an illness so hopefully he'll he'll be fine for Sunday I know a lot of us are eager to watch him play Ambry Thomas of course dealing with his hand injury uh which he was going to get surgery on and Trent Williams as always Wednesday's a rest day for him the positive news for two guys that were in the concussion protocol, Juwan Jennings and Jalen Moore, were limited. So that seems to indicate that they're, you know, nearing the positive side of possibly being able to play on Sunday. But we'll just have to wait and see these next two days how they do. Aaron Banks, Danny Gray, Ray McLeod were full participants. But, Rob, this is a big list of names to, to keep track of here, isn't it? It's a big list, and the, the couple of additions make me a little nervous. John Feliciano, who's played well this year, late in the year. You know, now Kyle said it's not serious, but it's a back injury. Backs are are weird, and they can flare up at any time, so that makes me a little nervous. I don't love that. Deshaun Gibson, I mean, just because the safety position for the 49ers is not deep, very shallow. Obviously, you're missing Hufanga. Jair Brown is already hurt. Now we're looking at Logan Ryan having to, you know, play significant snaps and he wasn't really even on the team a few weeks ago. So there are some injuries here, but at least this week you don't have to worry because it's just, it's a preseason game. It's Carson Wentz and Sam. (laughs) So really the thing to think of is how many of these guys are still going to be hurt in 21 days. Cause that's when the 49ers will play their next meaningful game. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, that list gets a lot smaller. Right. And as of right now, like we we know or we figure that Christian McCaffrey, Jair Brown, Ambry Thomas, Eric Armstead, probably well, Tashawn Gibson as well, probably going to be out. That's five names. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did seem to indicate there's six guys who are injured that, you know, he's expecting to be out. I named five just now. I'm I'm assuming maybe Ross Dwelly. It would be the sixth. Um, but the reason that this is important is because Kyle Shanahan yesterday decided or he was asked if, uh, you know, Brock Purdy was going to be playing in this game. Kyle Shanahan did say Brock is not going to play on Sunday. And as far as his reasoning behind why Brock isn't going to play, you know, he mentioned you can only rest seven guys. We have at least six guys injured right now is what he said. And quote, I only know for sure we can rest one. So I went with our starting quarterback. Rob, what are your thoughts on Brock Purdy not playing this game? Are you comfortable with it? Do you feel like it's a good decision on Kyle's part? I don't love it, to be honest with you, like just because it's going to be a long time. It's going to be three weeks before he sees game action. And we're not talking about a guy that's super experienced, right? It'd be one thing, like, for example, if it was Matthew Stafford, who's been in the league for a billion years, seen pretty much every defense that he's going to see. That's a little different. Brock just turned 24 last month. You know, I kind of wish he would get him in there for a quarter or something. But look, This is the decision he's making. Obviously, he's not worried about it. We know what the narrative is going to be if the 49ers start slow in that first playoff game. That is, you can lock it in right now because that's what we do. Uh, Obviously, Kyle feels comfortable. I don't love it, but let's be honest. The Niners have sort of nailed their quarterback decision-making this offseason. As much as I ripped them for it, and I did, they have been proven correct because Brock's been fantastic. Yeah, I was a little surprised just for like some of the reasons you mentioned, like Brock is still young. He doesn't necessarily need the three weeks off in terms of like rest, like three weeks off is a long time. Right. Um, I thought to keep some mental momentum going, he would play in this game. But 
You know, a lot of us used to criticize or question Kyle for his decision-making around his quarterbacks, you know, not always protecting them or, or maybe being a little reckless is that that's just some of the things we would all say about Kyle and his decision-making. Right. Um, And so I, I think it indicates you know, his decision to sit Brock in this one, how strongly he feels about Brock being integral to this team um, and saying, I went with our quarterback. Yeah, you went with the franchise quarterback, you know, like that's that's pretty freaking important. And the Rams also keeping Stafford out of this game. Of course, for the Rams, it's a little different because they're going to be playing next week. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not against it at all. Um, I know there's there's people who who feel, you know, different ways, but I don't hate it. It, You're right. It does speak to the fact that Kyle obviously thinks Brock is pretty damn important. If he wants to literally eliminate any possibility of him getting hurt in this game, he's not even going to suit him up. So that tells me that Kyle doesn't think that Brock is just sort of along for the ride, the way some people in the national media cough, cough, Nick Wright, cough, cough, seem to think. (laughs) So I guess that's good. Um, Yay, Sam Darnold's going to play. I'm not really looking forward to that, uh, but uh, I'm sure we'll see some. Look look at this good Sam Darnold throw. We'll see some of those tweets during the game. I'm bracing myself for it. But again, this is the route that Kyle is taking. Um, I know that some people don't like it, but here we are. I mean, we're allowed to be a, a little impressed by some of Sam Darnold's throws. He is a 49er after all. So, I mean, ultimately, we want him to do well because... I don't. He's on the team, right? But I, I hear you. I, I don't think it'll have people wondering, like, oh, like, should Sam Darnold get <laughs> more opportunity? You know, it's not going to be any of that. Be. I'll tell you what it's going to be, Steph. Sorry what to interrupt gonna you. It's going to be, see, Sam Darnold looks good. That that just shows that Brock Purdy's not really that good. Anybody could look good in this offense, even though Sam's going to turn the ball yeah. over. We know it. He's going to have turnovers and fumbles and picks, and people are just going to hand wave those away like they always do with Sam Darnold because none of those count. Only that really good six-yard slant over the middle. That's what really counts. That's what they'll say. And, you know, that's fine. It's what they've been saying all season anyway, so I'll I'll just let them have it at this point. Um, Deanna says no Brock, then they better sit Trent. Mm, he's going to play, I think. So, yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit. But first, Rob, like I want to talk about something that Steve Young said because he's kind of on the same boat as you. He's not a big fan of Brock Purdy sitting out this game. He joined CanBR yesterday to talk about it. It's a pretty long clip. I'll just play a portion of it here. But here's what he had to say. <laughs> Well, from a quarter, you know, I can speak from the quarterback spot. I don't like, I, I, I don't like sitting out. It's not taking a week off. It's just I'd rather warm up, play a quarter, even a half, and be done. Like that's the way to kind of stay with it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's any, you know. Now you're going to get the next week off, so you're not going to play for three weeks. I mean, 21 days. That's just from a quarterback spot. That's a hard restart. It takes a minute. It, I always said. It takes a half, every game you miss, it takes a half to kind of get fully back up to speed. And so. Uh, so I, I understand his concern and it was kind of like what, what you said, right? Like it's, it's a big three weeks is, is nothing to sneeze at. Like it's a, it's a very long time for someone to not play, especially when it comes to the quarterback position, you know, being mentally locked in and he speaks from experience, right? I mean, he said, it, it takes one half uh, to kind of get back into it. And that's just if you miss like one game <laughs> in, in this case, he's missing several weeks. So the, you know, that brings up the concern of is, is Brock Purdy going to be rusty in that divisional game? And he may be, but it also may be, look, this is also a guy that's, you know, had a couple stingers in the last three weeks. That is something that from everything, from my research, like you want to just give that time to settle down. I know obviously he didn't suffer from that last week and and obviously that's good. But also remember what Brock said going into the bye? Like, hey, you know, kind of looking forward to my arm, getting some time off. Yeah, he, He's still coming back from a surgery. It's a new surgery. Now he has said that his arm feels good and, and then coming out of that bye week, it was great. But maybe part of the decision for the Niners was like, hey, you know what? Let's give that arm a little bit of rest why push it? You know, like why, why do we need to have him play this last game? Let's give it a little rest. Maybe it'll give it a chance to, to heal up a little bit. I don't know. I'm, 
that's the only thing I could think of because otherwise I would say get him in for a half and get him out, but they're not doing that and they have more information than I do. I mean, I see what he's saying, but Kyle Shanahan said that Purdy would be going through practice at least partially like he's playing like he's going to be splitting first team reps with Sam Darnold uh, but the point of that is to just have Brock Purdy have more or less the same routine and if we know anything about Brock it will be the same routine right like he strikes me as a very well disciplined kid I think it's easy to gather this and hearing him speak. He probably wants to be out there too, <laughs> but you know, he, he respects Kyle's decision. And I would imagine we see Brock Sunday with the headset on listening to all the plays sitting on the sideline next to uh, Darnold, you know, when they got to review plays, looking at them together. The only thing Brock is taking off on Sunday is his arm. Like to me, like the, that's it, right? I think the rest of it, the mental part of it, you know, Brock's still going to be going through those mental reps. Um, and so I think that's ultimately what's important here. And you got to wonder too, like back in the day, like in Steve Young's day, it was 21 days off, but like Brock can get the um, the virtual headset on and, and go through stuff like that, which is something that they normally, you know, couldn't do back in the day. So maybe it's not exactly the same as it was when Steve was playing. Um, I think... Kyle said that Brock would be the emergency third quarterback, right? And then he said if uh, if he did have to go in the game, he would just have him hand off every time, which I've seen that reality. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you never know. In Brock's mind, I think he has to be ready to play regardless. So I, I understand Steve Young's concern, but we'll see how it plays out for the 49ers. Um, Tanisha says, good morning, Stefan Rob. Kyle is having PTSD of not having a quarterback in the <laughs> NFC championship last season. If Stafford would have played, I believe Kyle would have put Brock into play. I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. You know, the, the Rams are sitting out a few of their players as well. Again, like they're going to be playing next weekend. So for them, it makes a little more sense. But is it would it have looked silly or would it have drawn criticism if Stafford doesn't play this game and, you know, Kyle Shanahan has Brock Purdy out there, like w from the national media and that lens, would people be like, oh, they, they must not think he's a franchise quarterback if, he's, if they still have him out there? Maybe. Um, I think it depends how long he left Brock out there, right? Like if he left him in all four quarters and Brock was under pressure and taking shots and stuff like that versus – you know, he comes in, they run it a bunch, they throw a few screen passes, and then he sits down for the day. That's that's why I go back and forth on it, right? Because at the same time, I don't like the long rest. But then how much help is it to Brock Purdy if he were to play for one or two drives and all they do is handoffs and screen passes, you know? So I think you could go either way depending on what your position is. Yeah, and for the Rams, as we mentioned, Matthew Stafford is not going to be playing. Carson Wentz is expected to get the start for the Rams, uh, but the Rams are also sitting out their running back, Kyron Williams, their wide receiver, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald, of course, uh, players who have definitely earned their rest. Uh, just one side note here, the fact that Kyron Williams is going to be sitting in this game, he was the closest to getting to Christian McCaffrey's uh you know, close to Christian McCaffrey's uh, rushing record this season. It seems like Christian McCaffrey is going to be able to keep that this year, despite not playing on Sunday either. So good news for McCaffrey. Um, and that's the first time McCaffrey's getting the, the rushing title, right? For a season. I believe so. And I think it locks up his offensive player of the year award as well, uh, which some of us may have placed money on that at the beginning of the season. Not saying, <laughs> just saying it is such a, freakishly good year for Christian McCaffrey 14 rushing touchdowns leading the league in yards almost 1500 rushing yards nine runs of 20 or more yards on the season that's number two in the league only Jameer Gibbs from Detroit has more he's in addition to all the receiving stuff he does which oh by the way he's got 80 or excuse me 31 receiving first downs on the season 114 total first downs for Christian McCaffrey this year that is Ridiculous. Only two guys have had at least 100 first downs since 2010. So that tells you the rare air that Christian McCaffrey is in. He has been everything we could have hoped for when that trade went down and more. Yeah, I 
definitely agree. It's been a huge help for this team. I mean, they looked like a completely different team the moment he stepped on the field for them. Uh, so credit to, uh, you know, John Lynch for that trade because it, it helped change this team around. Um, Rob, yesterday on my show with uh, John and Wayne, I asked them and the live chat if they can only pick one player, no matter who it was, to rest on Sunday, who would it be? We unanimously said Trent Williams. Um, I think that was the easiest decision of my life, right? But based on Kyle's comments yesterday to the media, it sounds like there's a chance that Trent Williams is going to play in this game. I wonder if that has more to do with the fact that Jalen Moore is still working his way back from the concussion protocol, because it just seems crazy to me that your 35 year old left tackle who's hasn't played a full season in years, who's been missed time this year, who's clearly got a groin or an ankle or whatever the hell it is. And there's even a question that he could play to me. It says, well, Jalen Moore is hurt. So we might have to play him for a little bit. I don't see any other way why Kyle would, would be like, no, he's got to play. I know he had those comments yesterday of like, oh, when he was off for a month, he was not good when he came back. First of all, he was fine when he came back. I don't remember Trent Williams giving up a billion sacks when he came back. To me, it's just something more going on here. And I think if Jalen Moore can make his way out of the concussion protocol, I don't think Trent plays. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very much one of those situations where – everything's still on the table because you don't really know. And as Kyle mentioned with his decision of keeping Brock out, like he mentioned, you can only have seven guys out and there's already six guys like probably out because of injury. So uh, yeah, that could definitely change what options Kyle Shanahan has. He may not have a choice, uh, but the way that this, uh, this sounded the way he answered this question and I'll just read it off for the audio listeners. Kyle was asked, might it be good for your 35 year old left tackle to have two bye weeks? Kyle said, quote, no, I don't think it's good for anybody to take two weeks off. So not at all. You should see how Trent was when he came back from a month off or three weeks. It's not good, but we'll see how the game goes and everything. His mindset this week's got to be that he's going to get ready to play he's getting ready to play. <clears throat> so, I mean, it kind of sounds like he's leaving the door open for either scenario. Um, but I think it just wasn't what we expected just because I thought it'd be an easy decision. Trent's not going to play because he's so important to the offense. Um, I, I almost would say if you had one player and it seemed like because of the injuries, Kyle really right now has one player he can choose out. He chose Brock. I might've switched that. I, I might've said, Trent out and no Brock or Trent or sorry, Brock plays, but at the same time, then you're putting Brock at risk with no Trent there. So here's the thing I don't understand. Right. And this is what doesn't make sense. And maybe he just misspoke or he didn't realize the connection, but he's contradicting himself. Right. I don't think it's good for anybody to take two weeks off yet. You are guaranteeing that Brock <laughs> gets two weeks off, right. right? You're picking, he's healthy, but you're saying, no, I definitely want to make sure this guy gets two weeks off. So it's not good for anybody to have two bye weeks yet. The most important position on your offense quarterback, you're saying you get two weeks off. That's the part of it that doesn't mesh with me. Both of those things can't be true. That's a, a very good point. And yeah, it, it's just interesting. I guess like because it's so early in the week, maybe you don't want Trent to think that you're thinking about <laughs> possibly not playing him. Not sure. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see how the rest of the injuries shake out. Like you said, Rob, I think Jalen Moore and how he progresses through the concussion protocol determines ultimately whether Trent plays on Sunday. So we'll just have to wait and see how that goes throughout the week. It's Thursday morning. You know, the team's going to be practicing later this afternoon and we'll get a little more information after that. But hopefully I know all us fans hope that Trent Williams doesn't play in this game. Um Gammon Brown, uh, thanks for the donation. He said, Stats, have the personal attacks on you stopped? No, but in a related story, my mutes on Twitter have increased sevenfold. So, you know, I'm just not going to deal with it anymore. Uh, people like to bring stuff up and then they get into like stuff about your physical appearance. Yes, this is the neck I've had my entire life. Sorry, 
That's what it looks like. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? It is what it is. But yeah, whatever. There's always a corner of toxic fans. And then I think it sort of becomes like a thing among them who can say the thing that gets the biggest reaction. So I just started muting people. Rob, can you provide a little more context on why people were attacking you to begin with? Yes, because I said in March that Brock Purdy last year was gourmet Nick Mullins. Uh, and a lot of people didn't like that. Um, I stand by it. I think Brock has been so much better this season than he was last season. Uh, and again, when I said those things, Brock had five regular season starts. He's obviously played more now. We have more information on him, but none of that matters. I'm not allowed to say anything good about Brock Purdy now because of a tweet I had in March. Apparently, I'm not allowed to root for the 49ers. I'm not allowed to compliment Brock Purdy which is weird because you're getting on me for banging on him. And then when I do the thing you wanted me to do back then, which is compliment him, somehow that doesn't count now. So I don't quite understand it, but that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, Twitter and like the internet in general, you know, doesn't like people changing their opinion, which is crazy because it's a normal thing in, in life. And it, yeah, it, that's like maybe the worst thing about sports is like, you're not allowed to to change your opinion, but I'm glad you've turned around on Brock, Rob. And I, I think a lot of us are, most of us are aside from those people. Sorry. You're having to deal with that. That's definitely um, not cool. Not fun. Um, yeah. Just terrible, miserable people who have nothing but bad things to say to other people and do it behind a screen, no less. So sorry. You're dealing the weird with that. thing is like, we should all be super pumped right now. Like, yeah. Why exactly. are 49er fans fighting amongst each other? We're the number one seed. You're playing in a meaningless game this week. You got the best team. This is like arguably the best team of my lifetime. Maybe the second best at worst, the third best. And we're sitting here like arguing amongst each other because in March, I said something about Brock Purdy. Like, damn, I, that's just really weird to me. Yeah. And as Mark says, social media has become about keeping receipts. Can't people just be happy? <laughs> exactly. That's a that's a great point. I mean, this team is one of the best teams in the NFL. They are the number one seed. And yet, you know, people have nothing better to do but to attack Rob. Kind of ridiculous. But, you know, Rob, we now have a full season of Brock Purdy, you know, since he's not going to be playing on Sunday. We have a 16-game uh, full-season stat line of Brock and, and how he's done this year. And I wanted to just kind of go back and, and see how he's done. So he has a 69.4% completion rate, 4,280 yards, uh, 9.6 yards per attempt, 31 touchdowns. That's a 7% touchdown rate. 11 interceptions, that's a 2.5% interception rate, and a quarterback rating of 113. Not too shabby, right? I mean, this blows away anything I would have hoped for before the year. He set the 49ers single season passing yardage record and threw for more than 30 touchdowns. We have not had that in these parts for a long, long time. It's incredible what Brock Purdy has done. What I would like to do is go back and look at all the 11 interceptions because that is a little high based on how often he's throwing the ball because he doesn't have nearly as many attempts as other people. So I, I want to go back and see like how many of his interceptions were like the first one against the Ravens, right? Where it was just literally like a bad read, a bad decision. He never should have thrown that ball. And how many were like the second, third, and fourth interceptions against the Ravens, where it was like, hey, he threw it, it went off the receiver, and somebody caught it. I honestly, off the top of my head, can't remember. So I'd like to go back and see, because I think that might be an area where next year he could get a little better, um, just through more experience and having you know, uh, exposure to different defensive coverages. Yeah, and I agree. Like I don't remember all of them, but I want to say they weren't as egregious as some we have seen uh, former, like, you know, putting on a quarterback's throw. It's not like he mostly misses the defender altogether. I think there were maybe one or two of those, but I want to say like the majority of them were just bad decisions in that he was trying to force something, you know, like, and that is, is something that I think, you know, he's, he's just figuring out over time what he can and can't get away with. And sometimes it's specific to 
the team you're going up against, you know, maybe that throw would have worked against the commanders, but maybe it doesn't against the Ravens kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's still figuring that out. And that's just the nature of him being a young quarterback. I think there's a lot of room for improvement clearly, but based on what he's done so far, I mean, we got to feel really good about it. And his uh, 9.6 yards per attempt is the highest single season yards per attempt in NFL history by a quarterback with at least 400 passing attempt attempts. Um, The guy who had uh, a 9.9 yards per attempt is none none other than Kurt Warner. Um, and so Brock didn't reach that, but pretty darn close and pretty darn impressive anyway. Absolutely. Just fantastic. You know, and I saw an article from Armando Salguero, who used to cover the Dolphins for the Miami Herald. Now I think he writes for Outkick coverage. Uh, and he said that the Packers are the only team that went with a young quarterback this year and it paid off and they found their guy. And I replied to the tweet and I was like, really? Are you forgetting about the team that has this kid that just turned 24? I would say the 49ers fall into that category as well. I mean, their quarterback situation right now, again, knock on wood, barring anything horrible happening in the playoffs, it's as settled as it has been since Colin Kaepernick was the starter in 2012. Yeah. And, and that's impressive. It, I mean, he's doing a lot of things too, that we haven't seen since, you know, at times Jeff Garcia, since Steve young, right. So it, it's really impressive what he's doing. And this uh, one tweet here also shows it. Brock Purdy completed 63.8% of his deep passes this year, by far the highest percentage on NFL record. Um, PFF has tracked this for about 20 years. This is crazy because at one point, like we were talking about, well, for one, the surgery he had this off season, right? Which a lot of people like forget about just because like he's had such a great season. It's well uh, in the rear view mirror, but it's incredible what he's done despite that. And despite a lot of people feeling like, you know, Brock Purdy's one flaw or one weakness is maybe his his arm strength and, and things like that. Um, but clearly has no problem throwing an accurate uh, deep ball. Throwing an accurate deep ball and no problem just letting it rip when it is there. There were a lot of times with Jimmy Garoppolo where guys would be open deep and the throw wouldn't be attempted, even if you know maybe Jimmy had a chance to let it rip. And Brock does not have that problem. He sees it for the most part and he lets it go almost always, which is that's the exciting thing for me is that you can kind of tell when he's going to load up a little bit. And when I start to see that, I like I lean forward like, oh, man, here we go. Like, I feel like something good is about to happen. And that is not a feeling I have always had with 49ers quarterbacks. Well, tell me about a time where you didn't really have that feeling. I think I know, Rob, you don't need to say it out loud, but. Did want to compare the two seasons. Jimmy Garoppolo's best season happened in that 2019 season. He also played 16 games in that season. Uh, And then so looking at Brock Purdy's stats and Jimmy Garoppolo's stats from that year side by side, there are some similarities as far as the, you know, efficiency as far as like the team record goes. But if you look at the um, Brock Purdy side, mo- he, he wins in most of these categories. And even if it's by a small margin, you know, I, I say that's pretty good. He's only in his second year. And also I'll add the fact that it just looks different. Like I know we can look at side-by-side stats all day and we can draw similarities and be like, oh, they're maybe they're not that different. They look different. And I think that's the point of this debate, which is not really a debate, and I don't want to make it a debate, but it just looks different. That's all I'll say. That's how I'll end that conversation. But Rob, what what do you think about you know seeing both of these side by side? First of all, I'm stunned that Jimmy Garoppolo had more rushing attempts. Like I never would have guessed that because Jimmy almost never ran, but he did do a lot of quarterback sneaks. So maybe that's where it comes from. I mean, his rushing yards per attempt was 1.3. True. So there you go. But I've heard I heard Nick Wright was just on with um oh geez, I'm so I'm blanking. This is terrible. Slow news day. Um I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, this is so bad. I apologize. But anyway, Nick Wright was giving in the interview and 
he said, well, you know, basically like 49er fans are telling us it looks different and it really doesn't go compare the numbers with Jimmy G and Brock and all that. So I actually did a little digging and on throws attempts of at least 10 plus yards. Brock Purdy is tied for third. He's got 167 this year. Jimmy in 2019 was 13th. He had 156 on throws of 20 plus yards. Brock Purdy is first on throws of 30 plus yards. Brock Purdy is first on throws of 40 plus yards. Brock Purdy is first. Jimmy Garoppolo was fourth in 20 yard throws, fifth in 30 yard throws and 14th in 40 yard throws. To your point, it looks different because it is different. Brock is getting the ball down the field more than Jimmy Garoppolo did. And it's not, you know, subjective analysis from us. It's objective fact, whether some people want to admit it or not. And like, I don't don't want people to think that we're like bashing on, on Jimmy. Okay. Like again, the 2019 season was his best season as a 49er. And we do appreciate that. We have a lot of fond memories about that year. Um, but you know, I think we're, we're just saying how impressive, you know, Brock Purdy has been this year, second year with the team coming off of that surgery. I think it's really cool to just see the, the full season sample size now of Brock in, in one year, because I know we did it like midway through the season using part of, you know, 2022. Um, and I, I think it's just cool. It, it just shows how much room for growth there is for Brock uh, because he's still so young. Um, Rick Diaz in the comments says, Hey, Steph, Rob, I got a question. I spoke to you. Do you guys like tamales? Yes or no. You ever tasted? I love tamales. I haven't had them in a while. Uh, That's kind of my own fault, but I don't have a tamale lady out here, so I got to find one. But I, but I do love uh, a good tamales and it's tamale season. So, just haven't had one yet. I have never had a tamale in my life. Yeah. But, you know, Rob, you do live in Connecticut. So, you know, who's selling tamales out of their, you know, garage, out of their trunk out there? <laughs> First of all, I wouldn't eat any food that came out of somebody's trunk. But I am I've would know, wouldn't know a good tamale from a bad tamale. I'm not against it. I don't even know what is inside the tamale. Is it meat? Yeah. Like, so it's, it's made out of, um, like... I don't I don't know how to say it in English because I only know the Spanish term. Uh you know, trouble of being uh say it in Spanish. Like the masa, I think that's what it's called. Okay. That's, I think, that's, um, right? What's that? Is it is it dough? Kind of, yeah, kind of like that. And um it, it's made out of like corn or something. Yeah. Okay. I know a lot of people if any Hispanics are watching, they're like, what is this? What is she talking about? Like, I'm probably like not even saying it correctly. But anyway, um, and yeah, you typically would put meat. Usually like I eat chick- the chicken ones. There's chicken in there. They put like a, I don't know, some kind of like sauce in there too. So it's seasoned and sauced up chicken. It's not like some dry up, dried up mess. Not white person chicken. You could say it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but since you did, okay, great. Um, so it's good. It's it's good. I I like it. I enjoy it. And and yeah, you could you know, there's different ones. Mark says shredded beef. Yeah, they have those too. Um, I've just always uh, grew up eating the chicken ones. So they're right. good. If you ever have an opportunity, Rob, you got to get yourself a tamale. Yeah, but the first one I have, I feel like has to be like I can't be a Connecticut tamale. It's got to be like a. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I don't I don't know if I trust any tamales. I I would definitely trust a tamale out of someone's trunk more than one from Connecticut. <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, we got to make sure that if you're ever in, back in California, uh, or even Texas, if you have to ever find yourself there, I don't know, but anywhere where there's you know a decent number of Hispanic people. We'll make sure you get yourself a tamale. All right. I'm on it. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one more topic to discuss here, and it is the Pro Bowl. So several 49ers were voted into the Pro Bowl. The 49ers were the number one voted team in terms of, uh, you know, the fan voting and all that. I meant to put a graphic up in here, but ran out of time. Uh so you'll see some of the Pro Bowl selections from the 49ers side 
Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle on the defensive side, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Trivarius Ward, and Fred Warner. Really cool because this is Brock Purdy's first uh, career Pro Bowl selection, and he's the first 49ers quarterback to get that honor since Jeff Garcia in 2002. And this is also Trivarius Ward's first Pro Bowl, which is crazy, but he definitely deserves it. We've been talking about all pro this year for him, so Pro Bowl is just light work for him. And Kyle Juszczyk, first fullback in NFL history to make eight Pro Bowls. And not just eight Pro Bowls, but eight straight. So shout out to Kyle Juszczyk, man. Coach's buddy, as JT O'Sullivan likes to call. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like... Who can you name another fullback in the league? I don't know that Kyle Juszczyk has done anything amazing this year to get a fullback selection, but sure, throw him in there. Why not? What the hell? He's just the only one that everyone knows. Right. <laughs> and, and what is it? Patrick Ricard is like the only yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, which is funny because, you know, Juszczyk used to play for the Ravens before he was a Niner. So mm-hmm. those are pretty much the only teams you could set your watch to having like popular fullbacks or just fullbacks in general so but shout out to Kyle Juszczyk in any case yeah the, so the, looking at my graphic here the 49ers were number one in fan votes as a team and the top vote getters number one was Brock Purdy number two was Christian McCaffrey and number four was George Kittle that's crazy because I think the last update we gave on the Pro Bowl voting on this show uh Brock Purdy was maybe like, you know, I don't know, third or something like that. And Tua was like at the top. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. Tua non is out outrageous. But Brock Purdy was able to edge him out like in the, I guess, the the final stretch. So it's pretty impressive. Faithful don't just take over stadiums. Apparently they take over the Pro Bowl voting. Niners are the only team to have more than a million Pro Bowl votes for their players. And they had, I think it was 1.1 million I saw. So shout out to the faithful. That's awesome. Shout out to the faithful. But, Rob, there's one name in particular that, you know, we're kind of confused as why he's not here, right? Do you do you care to mention that name? Yeah, it's Brandon Ayuk. It's ridiculous <laughs> that he's not no. there. Uh, I did the whole 49ers and five on it this morning, which, by the way, if you don't know, that's our five-minute news update. I do every weekday morning on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. It just gets you up to date on everything that's going on. I think it's an absolute joke that Brandon Ayuk is not in the Pro Bowl. How does Puka Nakua make the Pro Bowl over Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk has more touchdowns than Puka Nakua. He's got 100 less receiving yards, but it's on 28 fewer catches. So pound for pound, Brandon Ayuk has been way more productive than Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua has 154 targets this year. Brandon Ayuk has 101. Like it's not even close to who is the more productive player. And it's not even like a name recognition thing because Naku is a rookie this year. I know he's had a great year. He just hasn't had a year better than Brandon Ayuk. And by the way, Puka's played one more game than Brandon Ayuk to this point. So it's crazy to me that that he's in over eleven. The Pro Bowl and the Pro Bowl fan voting in particular is so unserious. And I don't know why anyone takes it seriously. I don't know why we're here arguing about why Brandon Ayuk is not in the Pro Bowl or didn't get voted. I mean, we know why. It's because fans vote. And by the way, the fact that the 49ers, 49er fans were number one in fan voting tells you maybe 49er fans didn't vote for Brandon Ayuk enough over maybe some other players. Just a thought. But I'll also tell you why Brandon Ayuk didn't get voted ahead of Puka Nakua, which I agree. Like, certainly he deserved to get the nod over Puka. But Puka Nakua won a lot of people some fantasy leagues. He got them to the fantasy playoffs. And I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds unserious. But what did I say about the Pro Bowl voting? It is very unserious. And it is very stupid. So it's pretty much just a popularity contest. Like, we know that much. And I know, like, people have been bringing up, I'll, I'll just say it, obscure stats. Like, yards per route or yards per route run is such an obscure stat to, like, the average NFL fan. No one who is voting for the Pro Bowl cares about yards per route. Like, who is actually looking at this and being like, okay, this is why I'm going to vote for Brandon Ayuk? No. So, while and a lot of us... Anyway. 
He was number two in yards per route run anyway. So even if you were using it. I know. I know. I mean, I have it up on the screen, but that's what I'm saying. Like, no one cares about that. People who are voting for the Pro Bowl don't care about that. They care about their fantasy football teams. They care about if you're, in general, like, popular. Pukunakua was very popular this year just for what he was able to do, being, like, a fifth-round pick and all that and um, whatever. Did Brandon Ayuk deserve it based on the season that he's had? Yes, but it being the Pro Bowl and, and the fact that fans vote on it, it's just – it's going to get silly. It's going to get weird, and I think that's kind of what happened here, unfortunately, for Brandon Ayuk. Well, I will say that Ayuk was leading his position at wide receiver. So the Niners, when the voting closed for the fan voting, 15 49ers led at their positions. And Ayuk was was there. So the fans did their job voting for him. It's the people, the quote-unquote educated people, right? The people that should know better, they're the ones that drop the ball here. And I think it's just because, it's crazy to say, but because Ayuk plays on the offense that he's at, he sort of gets, they hold it against him, which is hilarious because the Rams, Puka Nakua plays with Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams and Matthew Stafford, but apparently that didn't count. Someone pointed out actually that Matthew Stafford is like the wide receiver kingmaker because he's, he's had so many wide receivers that he kind of makes like a, you, there's several names. You can go down the list of guys that he has kind of transformed their careers. Cooper cup being one. I mean, Cooper cup was already pretty good before Matthew Stafford. Uh, Was it golden Tate? Calvin Johnson, well, Calvin Johnson, of course. Calvin set the, re- the receiving record. Matthew Stafford was his quarterback. When Cooper Cup had his awesome year, Matthew Stafford was his quarterback. Like, yeah, he's the common denominator. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fair. You can have that, you know, discussion too. Akash said it here. Brandon Ayuk getting snubbed for the Pro Bowl is mostly because one, he's in a run first offense. And two, he plays with an a thousand yard receiver, a thousand yard scrimmage receiver and 2000 yard scrimmage running back. Um, so, and also, you know, you mentioned the, the amount of 49er fans or sorry, the amount of 49ers that were number one in their respective position in terms of the fan voting and then the people who have to make the decision of building the roster, pretty much. If it were up to the fan voting only, it would only be 49. Like the entire (laughs) roster would just be the entire 49ers team, which nobody wants. Um, So maybe that's why they were like, Oh, this is a little too much. Maybe let's just, let's just mix someone else in here. But Akash's second point shouldn't hurt Brandon Ayuk. That should be a credit to him. All those other people are eating in this offense and he's still sixth in the league in receiving yards. And he's still leading the re- the league in yards per catch. Like that shouldn't be a knock on Ayuk. That should be a point in his favor. Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. Um, as King King Crimson said, Pro Bowls matter to the players themselves for their contracts. The same meaningless is disingenuous. I agree. It definitely means something to the players. You know, they get hyped up about it. Um, some. I don't know if if some players have Pro Bowl voting like as part of their contract incentives. I don't know. Maybe yes. uh, Mooney Ward gets two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Um, so credit to him. But yeah, I mean Brandon Ayuk at least is not taking the news too badly. Like I thought we were going to get an angry, um, you know, Brandon Ayuk, but. It seems like he's taking it well. He po- he reposted a story the 49ers posted of the players who made the Pro Bowl r- roster, and he said, trying to get, like, y'all, no cap. Um, so, I mean, I think he's just seeing it as a goal in in the back of his mind for future seasons. He's got to go a little harder, maybe. And look, let's be real. We hope none of the 49ers have to participate in that ridiculous farce that the Pro Bowl has become. <laughs> Because they're going to be doing bigger exactly. and better things in the Super Bowl. So there's not even a game anymore. It's like a tug of war and Madden is actually it's part of the Pro so, Bowl. Now. So again, it's, it's one of the things that we talk about, like for Hall of Fame, right? Oh, well, he made the Pro Bowl five times, eight times, 10 times. All pro is really way more important than the Pro Bowl because the Pro Bowl, a bunch of guys make it, especially by the time the injuries happen and all that stuff. But all pro is really the one because there's only one at the position or two if there are two like two receivers. So there's two all pro receivers. That's the really prestigious one. Um, but yeah, Brandon Ayuk, I guess, has a little more motivation for next year. 
Yeah, and good for him. And, you know, he is a Pro Bowl alternate, as is Debo Samuel, as is... Oh, like the into- Yeah, look, look at these names, Rob. Like, this is... I think 49er fans may have voted a little too much because what is Colton McKivitz doing here? You know, Chase Young, Eric Armstead's been hurt for a huge chunk of the year. Like some of these names make sense and some of them don't make sense at all. I I agree with you. I agree. Um, But at least as an alternate, he, if hopefully not, if the 49ers have to play in this game, there's a chance Brandon Ayuk will end up playing. But again, we hope that's not the case. Good for the players, you know, congratulate them for getting the nod, getting the roster or being an alternate. But we hope to God they don't have to play or participate in anything. Like I said, he's in good spirits. So I'm not like as upset as other people are about it. It's it's fine. It's fine. We have bigger fish to fry here. Um, but Rob, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a great Thursday. It's started our morning off, right? Again, I got my coffee. I'm bouncing off the walls here, ready to call it. Um, but guys, make sure that you like this video, make sure you subscribe to the channel, not just my channel, but Rob's as well. The gold standard network, Rob, what else you got going, uh, for the rest of this week? I know it's a, it's a weird, you know, matchup to kind of like preview, right? Cause it's not this is an unserious game. It's more like a preseason game. So what do you got going on? So in about an hour, I'm going to do our regular weekly show with myself and Levin Black on our channel. We'll stream that. I call him the human wet blanket. Uh, We'll talk a little about this game, but I think it's more just going to be like, hey, let's look at the season that the 49ers have just had because it is, you know, we have a second here to take a breath and stop and smell the roses. And I think we should because stuff like this does not happen very often. I mean, Terry McLaurin, just talked about after the Washington game, how he desperately wants to be a part of something like the 49ers have. I don't know if you saw those quotes. Yeah. I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. Like this is an amazing, incredible team. So we're going to just celebrate that a little bit. Um, Friday, I'll have our show with Michelle Maju. We'll break things down from a betting and fantasy perspective. And then Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, excuse me. You can hear us live 95, seven, the game, 8 a.m. Pacific time. It's the gold standard network hour. So please, everybody, if you happen to be in the area, tune in and check that out as well. Let's go. You know, it's kind of funny, Rob, is you're not even in the local area to listen to your own show on the radio, but people could check it out online as well on the Odyssey app. So make sure you guys do that. Um, Yeah. So I decided tomorrow I usually do my preview shows with Lori Fitzpatrick. That's like a very deep divey show we go into all the matchups but i told Lori, like you know there's not really anything to deep dive for this one so i gave her the day off and i'll probably just do a very short show tomorrow to just go over like who's in who's out and then players that i'm kind of looking forward to seeing getting more time in that game uh but yeah aside from that going to be a, a smooth weekend here you said it's nice to take a, a second off it's more yes. like a, a couple seconds right because it's going to be 21 days or so before we see our team play again after sunday so definitely going to be um bored you know quite frankly <laughs> but you know guys Hopefully you have a good rest of your Thursday Uh, birthday. Shout out to my sister. Once again, happy birthday, Tati. Uh, But for now, guys, have a good rest of your Thursday. Peace.